So it's the 25th of December, 2021. We've been cultivating this practice of chanting in order to bring the mind to peace. And so chanting is something that's very important. We chant the recollection of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. And this is a skillful means to bring about inner peace and to make this peace more firmly established in the mind. So perhaps before we chant, and the mind is quite scattered, but as we chant, then that scatteredness of mind reduces. So sometimes we try to meditate straight away, and the mind just won't settle into peace. There's greed, hatred, and delusion there holding sway over the mind. But if we chant, then that can help to reduce that uh, fear that we may be feeling, or desire, love, or greed, or hatred. So for example, perhaps we have a sense of delight, seeking pleasure in physical forms and bodies. And so there's this delight there towards these forms. And there's also delight towards the things that come from forms, so the smells, these come from forms, and the sounds that we hear. And also the dhamma aramanas, these uh, sense objects which appear within the mind itself. The thoughts that we have is often about forms, about uh, bodies that we find attractive. So we should contemplate to see these as being something unattractive. But if there's not much mindfulness there, if our samadhi isn't well established, then we won't be able to do that contemplation well. Perhaps we chant through the 32 parts, the hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, skin, for example. So this is a good means to bring the mind to peace, to one degree of peace. Perhaps some people have cultivated this before, Um, They already have some familiarity with this. And so as they chant, as they contemplate, then perhaps a nimitta, a mental image, arises. It can be of lymph or pus flowing throughout the entire body. And if the mind is peaceful, then perhaps this happens, one of these nimittas does arise. And so this might be something that we've trained in before, maybe something that we've trained in in the past, or maybe something even in a past life. And so that's why this is appearing for us. And so if that's the case, then we should put our effort into that. But even if it's not, we try and um, develop these things in this life, take it in this life, because we don't really know what's happened in our previous lives. So as we carry on doing this, then the scatteredness of mind, or these restless thoughts, they reduce. You can reciting these words, these mantras, and in the end, then the mind does settle down. And the amount of delight there, lust, reduces. We can also use contemplation as well, contemplating into the body. And perhaps when it's dead, what's it like then? Maybe contemplating the hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, skin, this doesn't do much for us. So in that case, then we bring it to death. And think about, well, 
What happens when the body dies, when the breath stops flowing? And there's this body and the elements have decayed already, they're broken apart. It's something which before we took uh, to be attractive, what's it like now? If it gets thrown in a charnel ground and they don't burn it, then what happens? It starts to bloat, turns green. And it's because the blood isn't flowing anymore. If there's the blood flowing, sending the oxygen around the body, then this doesn't happen, it stays red and fresh. But when that's not flowing, then it gets darker and darker. In that state, then we don't even want to look at it, let alone touch it. And this happens very quickly. All it takes is for this oxygen to just not enter the body for merely two minutes, and the body loses all of its meaning. When that oxygen is flowing, then we see the body as being something beautiful. We look at it and we find it pleasant. We think that it's something that lasts for a long time, something that has a self within it. And the mind goes and attaches to this as being self and all the parts of the body. But if the oxygen doesn't come in for just two minutes, then the body starts to break apart, starts to break down. And perhaps we don't see the anicca there, the inconstancy of it, but we should take this first, the asuba aspect first, and contemplate that and how it bloats. And so the animals, they don't really know that this is a person, they just see it as being food. And when we have uh, life, we can think about how many animals that we've eaten, and how many uh, chickens and pigs, for example. We don't know how many we've consumed. And when this body dies, then the maggots uh, hatch within it, and then they start to consume this body. And animals, big and small, come and take it as being food. And they don't know what it is. Even cats and dogs, they come along. Once the body has broken down, and they pick up parts of it and uh, consume it. And so as this process carries on, then the body starts, uh, becomes more and more bloated, until it splits, and maggots start to consume it. And then there's the tendons. The tendons, they start to break apart, and then the blood flows out, the uh, lymph flows out. And so this pus, this lymph, it's, it's something quite exceptional as well. That if there's a piece of cloth that's um, covering over the body, this dead body, just for a bit, then even after one year, it still keeps that smell of pus. Maybe we take uh, one of these pieces of cloth and sew a robe out of it, a lower robe, and it still maintains that smell of death, the smell of a body which is decayed. And so after this, then the bones get scattered about all over the place. So we should contemplate this. And this helps to relieve the delight that we find in our own bodies and the bodies of others as well. This gets less and less, but it, it's not yet destroyed. It's just uh, relieved. Um, it's just temporarily relieved. But we haven't cut off these defilements. 
It's a matter of developing samadhi initially. So whether it's chanting that we use, whether it's contemplation, this cultivates our samadhi. And so what's that like then, if we have this samadhi? Well, even if there isn't wisdom there, but we still have peace and we still have that samadhi, and then we will see uh, forms and different external things in a different way. We'll get a different feeling from them. So like normally we have this delight, this lust towards bodies, seeing them as being beautiful, something temporary, something that lasts for a long time. But if we have uh, wisdom, or if there's just well-established samadhi, this deep peace, then the way we see the external world will be something different. We'll see the world as being something just um, empty, spacious, uh, without any true self there. So looking out at the world and everything's just open, everything's empty, or like it's all just been flattened, there's nothing there. Or like it's uh, vacant. But if there isn't samadhi, then we'll perceive value in all of these external things. And however, when there's a lot of peace in the mind, and then we, and especially if we've contemplated already and seen all things as being empty, then the mind becomes very bright, and all of these external things lose all their value. So really, nature is this way already. But it's when the mind is peaceful, when wisdom comes up, then we can see this truth. Um, we can see it in terms of Dhamma. But if we view it without Dhamma, then we'll see all these things as having a lot of value. And so that's why people um, compete and fight for all of these things. Because they don't see how they're unstable, how they're always changing how they're unattractive. So the practice for bringing about peace of mind and so that we can look and see things as Dhamma. And through this, then the suffering we experience will get less and less. And we take this as being a small amount of Nibbana appearing in the heart. So the search that we're engaging in It's a noble quest, the highest form of seeking. It's practice to um, bring the mind to know and see the Dhamma. So even though we chant, we know this to one degree, but we don't yet see it. Like chanting about the 32 parts of the body, these external parts and internal parts, how the body is something unattractive. We know that, but it's just memory. But we have to come and meditate and then contemplate these things once more. And when the mind gathers together into wisdom, then a clear knowledge will arise and we'll see the Dhamma then. And if we see the body as being something unattractive, then the mind becomes very beautiful. And in the end, we will gain understanding into the Dhamma. So may you put your effort into training, into practicing in this way, 
And none of this is above our abilities. It's close to the end of the year now, so this is a time where we should really put effort into our practice. Because the end of the year means that our life is less by one year. So what is it that we want to take away from this world? You should think that at the end of our life we have to throw everything away. Therefore we should train, therefore we should put in our effort. We should fulfill our duties. We should help out. You go to the morning chanting, the evening chanting, practice like this. And then eventually the mind will come together. So may all of you set your hearts on this.